Ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to introduce a new sponsor to the podcast. Hillsdale College has been a longtime sponsor of the broadcast. And for the new year, they've graciously agreed to exclusively sponsor the first hour or segment of the podcast. I believe deeply in the principles and mission of Hillsdale College, which I share with you during the upcoming segment. My thanks and appreciation to Hillsdale College for their long partnership with the show. And now, the podcast. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811, lots out there, but first, free health care, free college, family leave, universal basic income for every person. 70 to 90 percent marginal tax rate, a VAT tax, which is a national sales tax, a wealth tax, and now reparations. And now reparations. Can you imagine doing all these things to this country? Can you imagine? And here it is, from the very first day in the New York Slimes, of the 2020 presidential race when Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts blamed generations of discrimination for black families earning far less than white households. Democratic hopefuls have broadly emphasized racial justice in closing the wealth gap in their policy platforms. Now let me say something that should not be provocative, and it's this. Why is it assumed that generations of discrimination for black families is a result of people earning less than white households. Many people in this country do not come out of the uh, slave era of, of, of America. They just don't. Many of them are immigrants. Many of them are recent immigrants. And many of the white people in this country, Caucasians, are immigrants, or more recent immigrants, and their ancestors never owned a slave, period. And this is the problem with this kind of talk, generalizations, and uh, groupthink, treating people based on their race, treating people based on something other than their individuality. But it goes on. But in recent weeks, some candidates have started embracing specific goals and overtly race-conscious legislation that even the most left-wing elected officials stayed away from in recent years. Last week, Senator Kamala Harris of California agreed with a radio host's recent suggestion that government reparations for black Americans were necessary to address the legacies of slavery and discrimination. Ms. Harris later affirmed that support in a statement to the New York Times. We have to be honest that people in this country do not start from the same place or have access to the same opportunities, she said. I'm serious about taking an approach that would change policies and structures and make real investments in black communities. Now, let, let me stop here again. 
If you believe in individualism, if you believe in individual freedom, if you understand what capitalism is all about, it is that which frees the individual, that frees the body, that frees the soul. Not government giving money to communities. In other words, politicians and bureaucrats in various cities and metropolitan areas. That doesn't work. We had the great society and all these other deals and societies and this, that, and the other. If you don't, if you don't allow the individual to exercise their free will, if you don't allow the individual to succeed and to fail, if you don't allow the individual to embrace opportunities or not, that is the problem. That becomes the problem. One of the reasons I've supported school choice since I could almost speak and Landmark Legal Foundation and our wonderful president there, Pete Hutchison, that we've litigated in state court, litigated in federal court, litigated in the Supreme Court for school choice, which most Democrats oppose, which Obama opposed, which Biden opposed, which Schumer opposes because they're bought and paid for by big labor. One of the reasons I support that is in order to ensure a fairer, more level playing field for little kids trying to learn. That's a good thing. If you're going to have government schools, then you need competitive government schools. And you need competition outside government schools, homeschooling, credits, vouchers, charter schools religious schools, so forth, and so on. Those are good things. But when you're talking about race and you say to people, you know, the reason you're not succeeding is because of slavery, it's not true. It's simply not true. Lots of people have suffered under slavery. Some people still are suffering under slavery. That's not to take away from the the serious and real history in the country. But Jews have been slaves. Others have been slaves. You want people to think about opportunity. You want people to think about the freedom that is in front of them and to embrace it. Shelby Steele explained this. He said, look, I grew up in segregated community. There was separate black and separate white, but there isn't anymore. And the difficulty we have today, he says, I'm paraphrasing him, not me, is we don't know what to do with liberty. We don't know what to do with freedom. And ladies and gentlemen, the left knows that. The Democrat Party knows that. And so they keep promoting groupthink, and they want people to keep believing that they cannot succeed unless government, government, government subsidizes, creates something, or what have you. And this is how they create their power structure. People believe it. They buy these local governments. They buy them off. And the money just keeps flowing. And the situation doesn't improve. At least, it's amazing to me. Trillions and trillions of dollars we spend. Billions and billions of dollars in debt. Over $20 trillion, in fact. Excluding over $200 trillion in unfunded liabilities. And somehow we're not spending enough. 
Ms. Warren also said she supported reparations for black Americans impacted by slavery, a policy that experts say could cost several trillion dollars. And one that Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, and many top Democrats have not supported, but they will. So free health care, trillions. Free college, trillions. Universal basic income, trillions. Family leave, hundreds of billions. And while you're choking the golden goose so it can't lay golden eggs, choke it some more. A 70 to 90% marginal tax rate. A value-added tax like they have in Europe. A wealth tax where you actually confiscate somebody's property. And now reparations. Is this America? Does this sound like America to you? Does this sound... Like you'll improve society this way? The morally driven policy goals, this is the New York Times, of Ms. Harris and Ms. Warren reflect a broader shift in the importance of race and identity issues in the Democratic Party. According to several scholars and political leaders who focus on the intersection of race and politics, while Democrats have long cast themselves as more inclusive than the Republican Party, grassroots organizers and many liberal voters of all races are now pushing elected officials to go further on policies of racial equality regardless of any political calculations. This is not about racial equality. This is about a massive takeover of the private sector, of the individual, of our institutions. Whether you call it climate change, whether you call it reparations, whatever you call it, it is a, a, an unprecedented effort and ideology here, which seeks to do what? Take control of your life and seeks to choose winners and losers whether it's based on history, whether it's based on income, whether it's based on race, whatever it's based on, gender. It is destroying the very notion of what Americanism is all about, respect for the individual, regardless of color, regardless of anything. Respect for the individual. The Democrat Party has gone so hard left that even liberals in some cases, find it unrecognizable. Free, universal, basic income. I forgot to mention the Green New Deal. Free health care, free college, family leave, reparations, 70 to 90% marginal tax rate, a value-added tax on all products and services, a wealth tax on that which you've already earned and created, Every year, they'll take from it. We need to engage in this debate. We need to engage in this debate. We need to take them on, or we're going to lose this country. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. The new congressional leadership is in town, but there's nothing new about what they're pushing. Big government, centralized government, iron-fisted government, higher taxes, more regulations, open borders. They're on a mission to obstruct our freedom and undermine our sovereignty. Yours, mine, all of ours. And too many representatives don't 
care. This is the nature of progressivism. It's an ideological poison. And the best way to fight it is with knowledge, information about liberty, about the Declaration, about the Constitution, and how Congress is supposed to work. It's up to we, the people, to understand what our government is and is not supposed to do. And that includes Congress. And thankfully, my good friends at Hillsdale College have brought back the powerful online course on the history and proper role of Congress, and it's absolutely free. Please take advantage of this remarkable offer to equip yourself, your family, your friends, your neighbors, with the knowledge that all of us should have about our Congress and our government generally. Hillsdale College is on a critical mission to restore liberty in our great country, and you can take their excellent online courses for free for a limited time. So sign up right now for this important course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Learn how Congress used to work and why it doesn't anymore so we can do something about it. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. I just told you the plans that the Democrats have. But here's what's never discussed, other than a general statement that, uh, well, how are we going to pay for this? Piece in the Detroit News today. It's something I wrote about extensively in Plunder and Deceit. The national debt crossed the $22 trillion mark this month, writes Nolan Finley. With the same ho-hum response from the American people as when it topped $20 trillion and $15 trillion and $10 trillion. Just another unfathomably huge number that keeps growing. So don't bother us about it because it's too big to be real anyway, right? Except that it's very real, and our individual share of it is now $67,501 for every man, woman, and child in this country. Well, nobody is dunning us for the payment yet. It will have to be repaid someday with higher taxes, a lesser standard of living, and fewer government services. Doomsday may not be far off. In fact, some experts believe the debt spiral has already begun. On our current path, annual deficits will hit $2 trillion annually in one decade, according to the Congressional Budget Office projections. Have you heard this? And the debt will grow to 148% of the gross domestic product from today's 78%. So in other words, the debt will be much larger than the economy. Debt service will consume $1 trillion a year of the federal budget. This is a catastrophe. This is a catastrophe. You want to dump that? I can say it. This is a catastrophe in the making. So how are our political leaders responding? By perpetuating the pretense that we can have everything we want charge it to the national credit card and make someone else pay the bill. And President Trump and congressional Republicans gave Americans a sizable tax break, a perfectly appropriate means of jolting the economy if it came with offsetting spending cuts. But spending increased. So in the most prosperous stretch we've enjoyed in decades, revenues still lag expenditures by $1 trillion a year. That fiscal recklessness should buy the GOP a ticket out of Washington, he writes, but those who would replace Trump are campaigning on even more gluttony. Nearly every Democrat has signed on the Medicare for All plan, a $3.2 trillion annual entitlement that would demand a doubling of tax revenues and, of course, would destroy our health care system, the greatest in the world, would limit your access to hospitals, to doctors, to drugs, and all the rest. 
Rationing would take place. There's no question about it. Senator Elizabeth Warren kicked off her White House bid with a promise of universal child care. I forgot that one. A $70 billion giveaway that she'd fund in what? In, it, it, with an ultra-millionaire's tax. The levy would raise $250 billion annually. The surplus, presumably, going toward even more new social programs. Bernie Sanders and other candidates are putting free college on the table at a cost of $47 billion, financed, they say, through a tax on Wall Street. Then there's the Green New Deal, which would blow the gates to socialism wide open. Implementation would require a doubling to quadrupling of federal expenditures. But don't let all those new taxes scare you. Only the wealthy will pay them. There's just one catch. The rich aren't rich enough to cover the tab. Tapping the top 1% just to fill current deficit would require a 102% tax rate on those earning above $400,000 a year. Do you understand that? Just to deal with the current deficit, you'd have to take 102% of every family earning above $400,000 a year. The reality is that paying for the omnibus Democratic wish list would take an 87% value-added tax on every purchase made by every American, or a new 37% payroll tax on every wage earner, rich and poor, according to the Manhattan Institute. And we'd still have that $22 trillion and growing national debt, and I would add to Mr. Finley and the over $200 trillion in unfunded liabilities. I want you folks to think about that. It's interesting how the media, <coughs> other than, as I say, these sort of generic bromides about, well, where are you going to come up with the money? They don't give people the specifics. And it's interesting when the polls are taken by the New York Slimes and NBC and all the rest of them, they never, they never say, if we did that and this happened, for it or against it. Instead, it's, hey, do you favor free college? Yeah, well, look at that. 97.7% of the public says yes. But what about the consequences? And here's really the kicker. These annual deficits, which contribute to this massive debt, are aimed at young people in this country and babies yet born, future generations. And yet so many of them, not all of them, are suckers for this. Suckers for this. It's like a roulette wheel. Where will the ball land? It's only a matter of time. Which year will it be? Which group of high school and college graduates will it destroy? Because this cannot go on forever. And it will not go on forever. Because, as I always say, the laws of economics, like the laws of physics, trump politics. What will the politicians do then? Hold hearings? Conduct investigations? Run out of town? It won't matter. Our society will be done. I'll be right back. I want to thank our sponsor, Hillsdale College, for all they do to try and maintain the greatness of America. You know, most colleges have enough trouble maintaining the greatness on their own campuses, and they have declined. 
and they have fallen into cultural rot. Not Hillsdale College. It's a special place. And now they reach out to all citizens of the country to spread the word of liberty, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, capitalism, all the great things that make America what she is today. And now that Congress is under new leadership, it already seems to be on a mission to thwart our liberty, doesn't it? Yours and mine. But too many representatives don't know how to preserve liberty, and too many of them don't care. We call them progressives. But I'm not interested in the progressives. I'm interested in you, we the people. It's up to we the people to retain what we have earned and to retain what we have received from our founding fathers. And our founding fathers counted on we the people to hold our government in check. And being able to do that means understanding the proper role of Congress. That's why for a limited time, my good friends at Hillsdale have brought their powerful online course on the history and proper role of Congress back, absolutely free, to equip all of us to know what we should expect of our Congress. Hillsdale is on a mission to restore liberty like the rest of us. And you can take their excellent online course for free for a limited time. Sign up today for this critical course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Learn how Congress used to work and why it doesn't anymore. Learn about liberty, the Declaration, the Constitution. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Levin, a champion of freedom. You know, you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English-speaking world, Mark. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. Where is our man, Mike Pence, anyway? We can handle more than one issue at a time, can we not? I think we can. There's this group, the Council on American-Islamic Relations in this country, and I'm just being honest. The more we open our doors to individuals from cultures that are so different from ours, and the more in this country we don't promote assimilation, we get problems. Problems. Now, the more people who come here from the Middle East or come here from Muslim countries, fine. But there are fundamentalists among them, not all among them who do not wish to assimilate. Two of them are in Congress right now, quite frankly. One from Michigan and one from Minnesota. Democrats. This is why assimilation is so crucially important. People come to this country to leave their countries. They come to this country fleeing their societies and their cultures and come to this country. This country is a free country. Despite what the reparation crowd has to say in the Democrat ranks. We've never quite figured out how to deal with this problem. That is, freedom. Freedom provides the opportunity for evil. Freedom provides the opportunity for evil because evil can take advantage of freedom. Now you hope that enough people understand this, that enough people are are invested in a free society that they will push back against the ideas that you hear, free this, free that, and so forth and so on. But unless people assimilate into our culture and assimilate into our country, and I'm not saying reject your history at all, 
But I'm saying embrace the new country. This becomes very, very destructive of our society or any society, for that matter. And when you have a Democrat party that is committed to open borders, that rejects assimilation, and plays to jealousies and prejudices, it is a huge problem in our society, and it's getting worse. So you have this group, Council on American-Islamic Relations. This group was founded in Philadelphia with links to Hamas, and Hamas links to the Muslim Brotherhood. They claim to be the largest Muslim civil rights organization in the country. We've had Zudi Jasser on this program, on my TV shows and so forth. He'll tell you that this is a very hostile group to our country, and he's right. And he's right. It's not a civil rights group. It's an Islamist, fundamentalist group, in my humble opinion. They're now providing pro bono legal assistance for Hoda Mathana, a Yemeni terrorist and former U.S. resident, as Conservative Review points out, who wants to come back to the United States following the dissolution of the ISIS caliphate in Syria and Iraq. And in interviews with Western journalists over the past couple of months, she has attempted to portray herself as an innocent victim of ISIS indoctrination. Muthana, 24, left her home in Alabama in 2014 to join the Islamic State in Syria. Her attorney, Hassan Shibli, an Islamist sympathizer and the director of CARES Florida chapter, has been on a media blitz this week making the case that his client should be allowed back into the United States. The lawyer, Shibli, has continuously described Muthana as a victim of people who manipulated her, and she's trying to make amends, he said. In an interview with The Guardian, the lawyer said that uh, the ISIS devotee should be allowed back into the country so that she can help de-radicalize others who face similar circumstances. And he reiterated that message on CNN Thursday morning, speaking to CNN host and Obama political appointee Jim Shudo. Shibley, her lawyer, has also repeatedly referred to President Trump as the dictator-in-chief for refusing to allow his ISIS client back into the United States. The care attorney has his own history of deception and extremism, as has been reported and was last week on his upcoming appearance with the Minnesota Democrat Representative Ilhan Omar at a care fundraiser. Shibley is a dedicated Islamicist, and frequent gay basher, a fan of radical clerics, categorized U.S.-designated terror groups, Hamas and Hezbollah's terrorist organizations, and he's routinely apologized for them, according to the Clarion Project, an outstanding website, by the way. And he regularly takes to social media, denouncing the U.S. military as equivalent to the jihadi terrorists that they are fighting. So we have this growing fifth column, there's several of them in this country, in our midst. And I believe CARE is a front group. I believe it's a Middle Eastern front group, just my opinion, that advances the cause of the most radical elements there. And look at this. Their attorney is defending a woman who surrendered her own citizenship when she decided to join with the enemy like ISIS. She was brainwashed, don't you know? So what? 
I don't believe she was brainwashed at all. She wants to come back to America now. How do we know she's not a plant? I don't know. But this group CARE is a very diabolical group, in my view, a very evil group. They hate my guts because I was the first to call them out. They were trying to knock guys out of radio. They succeeded in one or two instances, and I stood up to them, and I said, and I will say again, you interfere with my business, I will sue you civilly for tortious interference with my contract with this radio company and my TV companies. I will conduct discovery like your organization has never seen. I will get to the bottom of your funding. I will get your texts, your emails, your documents. I will depose broadly. Because I'm not the federal government. It's not about probable cause. It's about defending myself against this group care. Unindicted co-conspirators. Unindicted co-conspirators. They were welcomed in the Obama White House. They were giving advice to the Mueller FBI over the years, especially after 9-11. They shouldn't be tolerated at all. They shouldn't be tolerated at all. Why do they have a 501c3 or 501c4 approval from the Internal Revenue Service? They're never treated like the Tea Party groups were treated. Why are they given friendly press in this country? Why? And I would remind my liberal Jewish friends, being Jewish and all, being hated, being hated by fellow Jews, I want you to think about that. Secularists, really. Self-haters, really. When they go to the ballot, uh, excuse me, when they go to the precinct and they cast their ballot, the sick irony is that they vote the same way these members of CARE vote. Isn't that bizarre? I've always wondered about that. I've always wondered about that. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it appears that the new congressional leadership is on a course to impede our liberty, your liberty and mine and the future liberty of your children and your grandchildren. Many of our representatives simply don't understand or care about the critical imperative to preserve our liberty. And it would seem that some of these so-called progressives actually seek to kill it. And these progressives are quite unlikely to understand or learn these things, which is why we have to. We need to overcome them. Our founding fathers counted on we the people to hold our government in check and be Being able to do that means understanding the proper role of Congress. Now, to help us understand this critical issue for a limited time, my friends at Hillsdale College have brought their powerful online course on the history and proper role of Congress back, absolutely free to equip all of us to know what we should expect of our Congress. I encourage you to check out this course, but not just you, your family, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors. Spread the word of liberty like Hillsdale College is. Hillsdale is on an important mission to restore liberty in our great country. And for a limited time, you can take their excellent and enlightening online courses for free. I urge you to sign up right now for this critical course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Learn how Congress used to work and why it doesn't work anymore. Learn more about liberty. Spread the word. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. So this organization CARE, fairly open and notorious, considered a civil rights group, part of the Democrat coalition. 
And it's a hate America group, in my humble opinion. It's a hate America group. What kind of a lawyer represents somebody who was in ISIS? Well, what kind of a lawyer? What kind of an organization invites the Islamist anti-Semite bigot, Omar, congresswoman from Minneapolis, St. Paul, to a fundraiser? Care. We're supposed to hate the NRA, the National Rifle Association, which supports the Bill of Rights, including the Second Amendment. We're supposed to hate every corporation in America. We're supposed to hate Donald Trump, who loves this country. We're supposed to hate people of great faith. They're intolerant, we're told. Why doesn't CARE ever come under a microscope on CNN or MSLSD, right? The Washington Compost or the New York Slimes or NBC or ABC or CBS. Why doesn't it ever come under a microscope? Collusion with Russia. There's no collusion with Russia, but there's collusion with CARE. There's collusion with what CARE believes, what CARE propagates. Why isn't that a problem? Since when did anti-Americanism become so cool? Cool in our universities and colleges, cool in our media, cool in the Democrat Party, cool with these phony experts and guests that come on TV and radio. Since when did hating your own country become cool? Reparations? Really? Reparations? Free child care, free health care, free college, free universal basic income? Did I mention free family leave? 70 to 90 percent marginal tax rate, VAT tax, wealth tax. God knows what they have in mind tomorrow. If you're a mainstream Democrat, a moderate to slightly right of center Democrat, I mean, what do you think of this? You can't embrace this. If you're a hardworking man or a hardworking woman, whether you're blue collar, white collar, whether you're union, non-union, whether you're running a small business, a medium business or a large business, this is all destructive to what you're doing. It's an attack on you as an individual. I don't care what your race is or your religious beliefs, if you have any. And look at the fools who are promoting this stuff. Look at the fools. The media creates a celebrity and have a moron who happens to win a a primary in New York by 16,000, 17,000 votes. She now, all of 29 years old, but a moron nonetheless, with zero experience at anything that matters, she now is going to lead the nation or the opposite end of the spectrum. You got, what is he, 77, 78-year-old Bernie Sanders, an old-time red. He used to praise Castro, the Soviet Union. He's our new leader, don't you know? Or Kamala Harris, who thinks it's cool to be promoting pot. You parents out there, you think that's cool? These are very, very stupid people. And Bernie Sanders, where is that, Mr. Producer, when he was, uh, let's see, there, I'm looking. Yeah, cut eight. Let's see what he had to say in 1993, uh, Bernie Sanders, go. How do you create a national health care system which guarantees health care to all people, yet does not bankrupt this country by forcing us to spend tens and tens of billions of dollars more? 
All right, that's the issue right there. Very simple. Everybody knows the current health care system is disintegrating. It is a very bad system. Everybody knows that we must have a system which guarantees health care to all people. And everybody knows that we got a $300 billion deficit. Let's move toward a national health care system guaranteeing health care to all people. But the way to do it is to take on the insurance companies, the drug companies, the medical industrial complex, not to ask workers to pay more in taxes on their health care benefits. This is how the old Marxists came to power. Divide and conquer, balkanization, and these fraudulent arguments. Let me ask you a question, ladies and gentlemen. If we get rid of the drug companies, where are we going to get our new drugs from? If we get rid of the insurance companies, who is going to handle our claims? Some department of the federal government? If we get rid of the quote-unquote medical industrial complex, whatever that is, just, you know, slick sounding, who's going to run our hospitals, our teaching schools, our nursing schools, develop the new technologies? Where are these people? The Department of Education, at the, at the EPA? Where are they? Department of Agriculture, staffers to members of Congress? Who are the people who are going to do all these things? Once we eliminate all these institutions... You'll no longer have insurance companies to protect you from the government. Insurance companies already are being destroyed. They don't really do insurance anymore. Drug companies. Who's going to handle? Who's going to decide who gets what? Who's going to decide what the R&D investment should be? What kind of drugs? Cancer drugs? Alzheimer drugs? What? Who's going to make the decision? What, are we going to have lobbying groups? Based on the number of phone calls to a member of Congress, we're going to politicize that too? Who's going to run our hospitals? Who's going to run our medical university? Who's going to handle all this stuff? And why am I the only one asking these questions? Nobody ever confronts this fool, this maniac, Bernie Sanders, and his progeny, all these other freaks in the Democrat Party. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I'll get to this actor. I mean, everybody's talking about this actor. Like, this is the greatest issue uh, that faces humanity. Like Rome, bread and circuses around here. Our country's under attack from within. I'll get to the actor. We've talked about him a little bit, but I'm not going to do my whole show on this. It's very odd to have conservatives say, look how the media covers this, and they won't stop talking about it. Now let's go back to Bernie Sanders. Comrade Bernie Sanders. I think we should start calling these Democrats who come up with these ideas, Mr. Producer, the Maduro Democrats. What do you think? From the Castro wing of the Democrat Party. And so we have General Isimo Maduro Sanders. He's on Univision the other day with Jorge Ramos. So here's Bernie Sanders and Jorge Ramos. Cut nine. Go. 
Before you go, I want to ask about Venezuela. Do you consider Juan Guaidó the legitimate president of Venezuela? No, I think what has to happen right now, I think there are serious questions about the recent election. He attacks Republicans more on voter suppression and all the rest of it than he does this this murderous dictator in Venezuela. Seriously. Because the murderous dictator is a Marxist. And so he doesn't consider Juan Guaido the legitimate president of Venezuela. He said no. But there's serious questions about the recent election. Yeah, there really are, Bernie. Go ahead. It was fraudulent election. Uh, and I think the United States has got to work with the international community uh, to make sure that there is a free and fair election. Now, how do you do that? You've, 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 got a, you've got this Marxist fascist or whatever you want to call him who's running the country. We should work with the international community to have a freer election. You know, people are electing to leave that country by the millions. Three million Venezuelans, I think I read, have left. But that doesn't move, Bernie. No. Commandant Bernie. Ramos tries again. Go. So is Nicolás Maduro a dictator senator for you? And should he go? I think clearly he has been very, very abusive. That is a decision of the Venezuelan people. So I think, oh, hey, there's got to be a free and fair election. Oh, man, no wonder Bernie Sanders won't come on my shows. None of them. He asked you if he's a dictator. You didn't say yes. You said, I think clearly he has been very, very abusive. No, no, he's a dictator. He kills people. He tortures people. He kidnaps people right off the street. But you see, it's a decision for the Venezuelan people. The Venezuelan people, how is it a decision for the Venezuelan people? They've been protesting. They're starving to death. They're leaving the country. Well, what we need is a free and fair election. They have voter suppression over there, comrade. Voter suppression. Now, I want you to think about this. This guy's defended Castro. He's defended the Soviet Union in the past. He's defending now Venezuela. And he comes off like this nice old guy who just wants to help people. He's not a nice old guy who just wants to help people. He's a red. He is a dangerous fool. He is a communist. Don't give me this democratic socialism crap. Is it democratic socialism in Venezuela? Notice I kept saying yesterday, point, look at Scandinavia, look at those countries, look over there, look over there. Well, why don't we look in our own country at some of the blue states? No, 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 no. Look at Venezuela. Why doesn't he point to Venezuela? Right in our own hemisphere. Because he knows you'll be repulsed by it. But he won't emphatically condemn Maduro. He won't emphatically condemn that regime. He doesn't believe the opposition leader was the duly elected president, as most of the countries of the world do. He sees the starving. He sees the poverty. He sees the murder, the kidnapping, the torture. He reads about it. He knows all about it. It is another failed Marxist socialist dream. A nightmare. And I have to say, shockingly, stunningly, Jorge Ramos asked him a couple of good questions. Didn't you think, Mr. Producer? You won't get those questions from Don Lemon or Chris Cuomo or Jake Tapped Out. 
You won't get those questions from Rachel Maddow and slobbering Chris Matthews. You certainly won't get them from Joe Scarborough, who is so obsessed with Trump. But there he is. A Maduro Democrat. A Castro Democrat. Now, I brought up Scarborough, so I might as well deal with this, too. There's this guy in the Coast Guard who appears to be a white supremacist. That's the reports. He's been charged. And he wanted to kill lots of people, apparently. And he gathered armaments to do it. Democrat politicians, Democrats in journalism, quote-unquote, including Scarborough. Now, Mr. Producer... Can you open your microphone a minute? Do I get threats? All the time. Shockingly a lot. Uh, Do I get murder threats from time to time? Yes, you do. Thank you. And I sometimes have to have a detective who looks into these things. I don't wear this as a badge of honor. It's not a badge of honor. It's worrisome. You don't really know who all these people are. You're out there in public. You don't know. But do I blame people who attack me for this? That is, do I blame liberal Democrats or journalists or politicians or people who write books like a couple of clown professors I'll get to one day in the future saying that I'm the most incendiary host in conservative media? It doesn't help me. They don't listen to this show. They cherry pick. But if somebody threatens me or, God forbid, harms me, it's not their fault. But Scarborough today was blaming the president for this guy and his threats. They draw a direct line, the president of the United States and these nut jobs, because he talks about the enemy of the state. Fake news is the enemy of the state. The New York Times is the enemy of the state. Has it ever occurred to Scarborough that his vicious, hateful, endless, daily recitation of lies... Upset people? That is not an excuse for anything. But he takes no responsibility for himself. None whatsoever. Well, what are you saying, Mark? That this white supremacist guy uh, really uh, is justified because of Scarborough? No, it's Scarborough who is saying that. He's laying the blame on Trump. I've never seen anything like it. Trump is so powerful. He's so ubiquitous. No, No matter what happens, as long as it's negative, it's Trump's fault. This Jesse... Clown, this actor. They were blaming that on Trump. He was blaming it on Trump and his supporters. Anyway, let's play this short clip. I can't play his whole show because uh, I'll get endless migraines. The last clip, Mr. Producer, go. We've all known that Donald Trump and his words and his attacks about enemies of the people uh, would lead to this type of behavior. This is now the second time that we know about, from the pipe bombs to... Uh, yesterday, but yesterday was obviously far more specific, far more dangerous. Uh, and uh, you know that it's exactly what Donald Trump is encouraging. Really? Donald Trump is encouraging this, ladies and gentlemen. Did Donald Trump encourage the shooting that took place a couple of summers ago in Alexandria, Virginia, on the baseball field? Did Donald Trump encourage the nut job in Pittsburgh to slaughter those Jews in the synagogue when he hated Donald Trump? I mean, This is a very, very vicious and vile game that Joe Scarborough is playing. Tell me, Joe Scarborough, when you and people on your show refer to the president directly or indirectly as a Nazi, 
I wonder how many threats the president gets as a result of that. When you trash him day in and day out, I wonder how many left-wing Marxist kooks believe the things that you say. I'm sure the president is threatened all the time. We just don't know because they're not going to release that information. But Joe Scarborough is responsible for what comes out of his big, fat mouth, and it's usually very bad stuff. And he gives an excuse to this nut job who is intending to harm people, Democrats and journalists alike. And he gives him an excuse. It's Trump, you see. No, it's not Trump, you see. It's the nut job. He's responsible for what he was planning. Just as on the left, Bernie Sanders was not responsible for the would-be killer, excuse me, in Alexandria, Virginia, who so severely wounded Congressman Scalise, among others. Nor was the president, nor were the Jews, Mr. Scarborough, responsible for what that man did in that synagogue in Pittsburgh. And yet he blames the Jews. You're a disgrace. You'll always be a disgrace. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I'm no fan of this guy, Glenn Greenwald, the way uh, Tucker is. He's a left-wing, uh, in many ways, radical kook. But now and then, now and then he does good work. Like most people, now and then. And on this site, The Intercept, from October 9, 2016, we played Joe Scarborough for you. The president was furious with the New York Slimes and a piece that came out Tuesday was written by, among others, this Maggie Haberman. Maggie Haberman is a purported reporter, so was her father, uh, and she worked her way from the New York Post to the New York Daily News to Politico and ultimately to the New York Slimes, and she's also a commentator on CNN, so you know what her pedigree is at this point. And uh, Greenwald, a little over two years ago, He writes, internal strategy documents and emails among Clinton staffers shed light on friendly and highly useful relationships between the campaign, meaning Hillary Clinton's campaign, and various members of the U.S. media, as well as the campaign strategies for manipulating those relationships. And when you look at the article, there's a long list of reporters who the Clintons and their surrogates have worked with and gone to socials and parties and cocktails and all the rest of it. The emails were provided to The Intercept by the source identifying himself as Guccifer 2.0. Some think that was Russians. I have no idea, and I don't really care. That's not the point of what I'm reading to you. Who was reportedly responsible for prior significant hacks, including one that targeted the DNC and resulted in the resignations of its top four officials. Obama administration officials claim that Russia's senior-most officials were responsible for that hack and others, although they provided no evidence for that assertion. Well, I believe Russia was, too. That's what I mean. This guy's a little bit of a radical to me, but let's go on. As these internal documents demonstrate a central component of the Clinton campaign strategy, 
is ensuring that journalists they believe are favorable to the Clinton to Clinton are tasked to report the stories the campaign once circulated. This is what goes on behind the scenes with the Democrats and the media folks. At times, Clinton's campaign staff not only internally drafted the stories they wanted published, but even specified what should be quoted on background, quote-unquote, and what should be described as, quote, on the record, unquote. On January 2015, a strategy document designed to plant stories on Clinton's decision-making process about whether to run for president singled out reporter Maggie Haberman, now of the New York Times, then a Politico, now covering the election, he writes two and a half years ago, for the New York Times, as a friendly journalist, quote-unquote, who was, quote, teed up, has teed up stories for them in the past, and, quote, never disappointed them. This is from an email. Nick Merrill, the campaign press secretary, produced the memo, according to the document, Metadata. That strategy documented plotted how Clinton aides could induce Haberman to write a story on the thoroughness and profound introspection involved in Clinton's decision-making process. The following month, when she was at the New York Times, Haberman published two stories on Clinton's vetting process. In this instance, Haberman's stories were more sophisticated, nuanced, and even somewhat more critical than what the Clinton memo envisioned. But... They nonetheless accomplished the goal Clinton campaign aides wanted to fulfill of casting the appearance of transparency on Clinton's vetting process in a way that made clear she was moving carefully toward a presidential run. Given more than 24 hours to challenge the authenticity of these documents in response, Merrill did not reply to our emails. Haberman declined to comment. And it goes on. Other documents listed those who the campaign regarded as their most reliable surrogates, such as CNN's Hillary Rosen and Donna Brazile, as well as Center for American Progress President Neera Tandon, but then also listed operatives whom they believed were either good progressive helpers, quote-unquote, or more potentially friendly media figures who might be worth targeting with messaging. The metadata of the surrogate document shows the file was authored by Jennifer Palmieri, by the way, who's now a commentator on cable, the communications director of the campaign. And the Intercept previously reported, pundits regularly featured on cable news programs were paid by the Clinton campaign without any disclosure when they appeared. Several of them are included on the surrogates list, including Stephanie Cutter and Maria Cardona, and it goes on. But Maggie Haberman is the one I wanted to mention. She's a big-time New York Times reporter now, and she's the one who focuses pounding day in and day out on Trump. Claims to have all these anonymous sources, these staffers, these leakers, prior staffers, and so forth. When she was effectively in the back pocket of the Clinton campaign there for a period, at least according to this. And yet, it's the president. See, the media want you to believe it's the president who's the enemy of the state. Not the media. It's the president. And so, as we continue to look at this, CNN did something that it's not supposed to do. CNN hired a former spokeswoman for Jeff Sessions. And the people at CNN are furious. How can you hire a a political activist like this? You know, we have Chris Cuomo already. 
We have Jim Schuto already. These are all Democrats. We have Jake Tapper. They all work for Democrats. And I can go down the list. There's more. How in the world can we have this woman who worked in the Trump administration and worked for Jeff Sessions, of all people? And her name is Sarah Isgore Flores. And they write at uh, the Boston Herald, a longtime partisan political operative and former Trump administration official as a political editor. Won't do much for the cable channel's public image, it says here. And so the Democrat National Committee was furious. And you know what CNN did? said, don't worry, she won't be involved in covering the DNC and she won't be involved in the debates involving Democrat candidates. Don't worry, we'll take care of this. Shocking, isn't it? My view is none of these politicians should be in the media, but so many of them are, the vast majority of whom are Democrats. I'll be back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Republicans don't like him, but America does. You can call Mark Levin at 877-381-3811. Now, Laura Logan, she was on Hannity last night. Of course, before that, she was on a podcaster program, and she's dared to step out. I mean, it's really quite amazing, the... uh, the kind of loathsome attacks that she's now receiving. Bernie Goldberg, same thing. Others, the same thing. Uh, because there's no diversity in thought processes in newsrooms today. It's one way. There may be differences, but they're differences in kind. In other words, hard left. And apparently she doesn't go along. So in the context of what we've been discussing, I just have a couple of clips. We won't overdo it, but I think her voice is very, very important. She worked for CBS for years. She worked for 60 Minutes. She was a foreign correspondent. She put her life at grave risk, and terrible things happened to her, and she is dismissed. Now, she's a woman, and I thought we were told that that makes a difference. Apparently not. Apparently it doesn't matter, unless you're a leftist. They did the same to Sarah Palin. They've done the same to other... Women who don't, not even conservative women, just women who don't toe the line, who think for themselves. Same with other minorities. Here she is last night 
with our our buddy uh, Hannity. Cut 15, go. 85%, I think it's closer to 90, that are liberal. And you can see it. And you say you need two sources. That's so far gone. Why, if you tell the truth like that, do you believe you just pretty much committed career suicide? Well, it's obvious, right? Because you get targeted, and it's the same group of people. They're already starting to target me again now, and I expected it. And, you know, I was joking that I'm braced for firing fury because I know they're going to come after me again, and I'm not the only one. I mean, the same people come after you, right? One of them, the Sparrow Project. I mean, this person was tweeting today, you know, Hannity, you know, watch out about Lara Logan stuff, right? And there's more coming. Michael Calderon, who was at the Huffington Post. I can literally give you the script now. I can tell you who the players are joe hagan brian stelter i mean it's the same people all the time and they're all saying the same things and they come after cheryl atkinson they come after you they come after me it's so true this is an enormously bad situation we're at one of the lowest points i can think of when it comes to a free press will there be editorials in the newspapers tomorrow defending lara logan will there be a Statement from the morning schmo defending Lara uh, Logan. How about Schulzberger over at the New York Times? No. Cut 16, go. I mean, if you if there are any independent voices out there, if there are any journalists who are not beating the same drum and giving the same talking points, then we pay the price. And if they you know what's interesting, Sean, they can't take down the substance of what you're saying. Right. They can't go after the things that matter. So they smear you personally. They go after your integrity. They go after your reputation as an as a person and as a professional. And they'll stop at nothing. So, you know, I'm not the only one. And. Um, and I'm just like, I'm done, right? I'm tired of it. And they don't get to write my story anymore. They don't get to speak for me. I want to say loudly and clearly to anybody who's listening, I am not owned. Nobody owns me. What a, what a brave woman like Cheryl Atkinson, another brave woman. Look how they come under attack. Because they're telling you the truth. They're telling you the absolute truth. And folks, it's not only in the media, which the left controls, it's also in our college campuses, which the left controls. They control so much. It's also in Hollywood. If you dare to have an independent thought that doesn't, that doesn't, um, that is not part of the groupthink mentality, you're sent off into the wilderness. And as I say, it's the same on college campuses. I've had this piece for a while here, but it, it contributes to the point, I think, mightily. From the New York Daily News just a couple days ago. By Michael Goldstein. Who's Michael Goldstein? You're about to find out. This is really a terrible story. He writes, each time I walk into my office at Kingsborough Community College... I draw inspiration from a picture of my father, Leon Goldstein, the school's president for 29 years, the man who built the college's modern-day campus. Yet in recent months, anti-Semites turned my father's photo from a source of inspiration into a symbol of destruction. The vandalism marked the start of a systematic and pernicious campaign in which I have been targeted and harassed because of who I am and what I believe. 
I've worked at Kingsborough for 20 years and within the City University of New York network for 30 years. The anti-Semitic vandalism and death threat perpetrated outside my office this past February was unlike anything I've experienced before. The reason for their attack? I'm Jewish, politically conservative, and I believe in Zionism, the civil rights movement of the Jewish people. Stay with me on this, folks. The vandals defaced a photo of my father with anti-Semitic graffiti, including the words F. Trump Goldstein, kill the Zionist entity. I later learned the incident came one day after Kingsborough professor Katia Perea apparently told an administrator who refused to request to fire me. I guess I will have to handle this myself, she said. Perea, whom I've never met or spoken to, is a member of the Progressive Faculty Caucus, a radical faculty group at Kingsborough. This was my jarring introduction to the PFC and its unending campaign of harassment and belittlement. It was also my introduction to the inertia of the Kingsborough and Cooney administrations. Kingsborough declined to classify February's anti-Semitic vandalism as a hate crime and denied my request for added security. Now, this was just the beginning, he writes. In May, more than 1,000 flyers were distributed around campus calling for my firing and attributing vile, false allegations of racism, sexism, and anti-Muslim sentiments to me. I've never promoted any of my private or religious opinions in the classroom or anywhere else on campus, nor have I held any of the hateful views the flyers attached to me. In her early attempt to get me filed, Professor Perea went from office to office showing staff my private Facebook photos as her quote-unquote evidence that I'm racist and sexist. The PFC's efforts then escalated into what the flyers described as an imperative to, quote, build a movement, unquote, against me. And that's exactly what it has been, an orchestrated, aggressive movement to destroy me. May's flyers included a picture of my 13-year-old daughter. I've chaired a food committee at Kingsborough for eight years, and suddenly a PFC member new to the committee began investigating my activity. I fear for my safety. I now have full-time security provided by the school, but it only came after many months of complaints and the PFC's recent attack on Kingsborough's provost, Joanne Russell, a devout Christian. The PFC shows no signs of abating until I'm removed from Kingsborough, my second home for 20 years. They freely admit to their targeted harassment of me, and they're proud of it. For that reason, with the help of the Lawfare Project, I filed a complaint with the EEOC and the New York State Division of Human Rights. The group's activities are not only directed towards me. Over the past year alone, at least five complaints by Jewish staff members have been filed against the PFC internally with CUNY. (coughs) Sorry. None of this has anything to do with academic freedom or free speech. This is about anti-Semitism and religious discrimination, pure and simple. There's no longer a safe space in academia for individuals with opposing views. Especially if you are Jewish or pro-Israel, and I would add conservative. They went after the Christians, too. This is occurring on a government-subsidized campus. Kingsborough Community College. 
You see, there's no tolerance for our views in the media or in academia. There's no tolerance for our views in Hollywood or even in politics, and especially not in the Oval Office. This is what's happened to our country. So when they talk about freedom of speech in in colleges and universities, they don't mean it. Academic freedom, they don't mean it. Freedom of the press, they don't mean it. They don't mean it at all. They rule with an iron fist. They demand ideological purity and conformity. That's what Lara Logan's talking about. That's what Michael Goodstein's talking about. That's what I keep talking about. This is tyranny. It's not freedom of the press. This is tyranny. It's not freedom of speech. This is tyranny. It's not academic freedom. I'll be right back. Lovin. just love it when something that is already amazing gets even better? Well, that's the case with the X-Chair. The makers have taken what is arguably the most comfortable and supportive office chair in the world, and I'll vouch for that, and made it even better. X-Chair is introducing wider seats in the X3, X4 models. That means extra support for those with a wider base. The good people at X-Chair are constantly innovating to help improve your working comfort and productivity. Now, you can finance the purchase of your X-Chair for as little as $30 a month. Seriously, for less than the cost of a daily cup of coffee, you can make 2019 your most comfortable and productive year ever by getting yourself an X-Chair. X-Chair is on sale now for $100 off. Just go to xchairlevin.com. That's xchairlevin.com. And, uh, or you can give us a call at one 844 4X-Chair. 1-844-4X-Chair. I'm not kidding. I'm sitting in my X-Chair now. I will be writing, because as you know, I'm writing a new book, till 3 in the morning. I'll be sitting in the same chair. When I get up early in the morning, after we walk the dogs and after we feed the dog, I'll be back in the chair, doing radio prep, prep for Levin TV, and prep for my Fox show, as well as my book. I need a great chair, and now I have a great chair. An X-Chair comes with a 30-day, no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. So I really want you to try it out. No questions asked, 30-day guarantee of complete satisfaction. Try getting that at Office Depot or one of the other stores. Ain't going to happen. There's a good reason. Because the folks at X-Chair know you're going to love your chair the way I love mine. Give them a call, 1-844-4X-CHAIR, or go to xchairlevin.com right now and use code LEVINFOOTREST, and you'll get a free footrest. XCHAIRLEVIN, xchairlevin.com, code LEVINFOOTREST, or give us a call, 1-844-4X-CHAIR. Jeff, a trucker friend, Sarasota, Florida, on the Mark Levin app. I want to strongly encourage all the folks listening to download the Mark Levin app. I'll explain more next hour. Go ahead, Jeff. How you doing, Mr. Mark? How you doing today? Okay, thanks. Okay. Yes, um, I, what I was just saying is though, that if everybody wants to tax the super rich and stuff, just like um, Acosta, New York, she's trying to uh, 
text Amazon. Amazon wait a minute, wait a minute. Jeff, are you from Michigan? No, I'm from uh, Orlando, Florida. So you're from Orlando. You're not originally from me. All right, I thought you were somebody else. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, okay, anyway. Yeah, okay, just like a Costa, uh, she, she wanted to text Amazon out the, um, uh, just, just out the window where Amazon said, we can't do this. We're going to move down to Virginia. Now, everybody want to tax the rich, just like just like um, Amazon. They're going to pack the bags and move somewhere else. Now, we're going to have no more jobs. We'll be back on the plantation again. Why Let in me, the world everybody... Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I say, why in the world everybody want to tax the super rich? Because last time I checked, I never seen a poor man own a business. I seen a rich man own a business, but I never seen a poor man own a business. Well, you're 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 really a smart guy, and I'm going to tell you all the truckers out there are. I I was at a uh, diner I go to many mornings, and um, the waitress. Are we allowed to use that word, Jeff? I think I will. A waitress is a, has become a good friend of ours, lovely lady, um, and uh, her boss says, reading something about some guy who's building a home that's like a hundred million dollars. And she says, what do you need a home like that for? And I said to her, why do you care? Can you imagine the number of electricians and plumbers, the men and women who work on tiles and floors, the people who pour cement, the people who make steel, the roofers, the carpenters, and on and on. Can you imagine how many everyday people, I'll call them, can you imagine how many average men and women now have a job isn't that the point? Yes, yes. And, and plus, you talk know, about a hundred million, hundred dollar million home. Everything in a hundred dollar million home is supplied by a trucker. That's everything, right. Everything from the water to the roof to everything you want to stay in that home. That's putting me out of business. Also, otherwise, I used to be an owner operator, but the taxes alone is hurting us real bad. But they want to. Tax the rich. If this person all, uh, is uh, got an address salary over a hundred thousand dollars or more in the bank, why do you want to tax it so much? Because you don't. And what have... are they going to do with it? What are they going to do with the money? Redistribute wealth, give it to people who don't do anything and don't create jobs and opportunities and so forth. Why do we need this to take place? Yeah, I, I don't understand that. But I, I got to tell my friends and stuff. My, my friends say I'm I'm I'm, I'm for the other side, but I'm a black man. They say, you know what, you just you just you, you, you drink the Kool-Aid too much. I, I didn't drink the Kool-Aid. I'm just saying things that it's going to finish for it's going to finish for me and going to finish for my grandkids down the road. Why in the world you won't um, tax on everything and stuff? There, you, I, I got taxed on, on bread, taxed on eggs. Can we just believe what I tax for a little bit or something like that? I'm with you, man, and you really are a sharp, dude. And I appreciate you calling. Hey, Jeff. Don't hang up. I want to give you a one-year subscription to Levin TV via Blaze TV. Don't hang up. Now, we have a gentleman who purports to be Michael Goldstein, the gentleman I just read about from Kingsborough Community College. How are you, sir? Uh, Mark, I'm a huge fan, and I can't tell you, uh, I, I can't imagine that your support, I, I, I can't, I'm so grateful for it. I can't tell you how, how grateful I am. Thank you. Tell us, uh, you wrote this piece. Right. You're being targeted because you're a conservative, you're a Zionist, you're a Jew. And, I think Jew, uh, first, you, Jew yeah. first, conservative second. And that's why you're attacked. Absolutely. And what, attacked. what has the top administration done about this? Uh, less than nothing. Uh, they, they are, they, they, it's really, it's really 
sad, but it's true. I, I think anti-Semitism is being normalized on college campuses across the country. And, and, and this is a, a government-subsidized institution. It's not fully government, isn't it? This is not only a government-subsidized uh, institution. This, was, this is a college that was built with your taxpayer dollars and my taxpayer dollars. And it was built by my father. The college was built by my father, and he was president there for 30 years. And it was a great institution, and it's still a great institution, except for these, this cancer that's infected it. And what is this cancer? The progressives? The, uh, they are radical, left-wing, progressive faculty who are there, for one reason only, to indoctrinate your children. And Do they, they off tenure? To, and to destroy Jews. Maybe two reasons. And they have tenure? And they have tenure. Correct. And you have, and you have good lawyers now, right? I have great lawyers, but... We, it's, it's, it's a system that's made for inaction. The, the university and the college have done nothing. I mean, they, they protect me. I have a public safety officer with me 24-7, um, but they do nothing. There's no consequences. So. Absolutely shocking. Well, keep us informed. Give Mr. Producer your phone number. Don't hang up. We'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Maybe tomorrow. We'll spend a little bit more time on this issue of what is meant by liberty. I've always found it fascinating. And uh, we've done it before, but maybe I'll do it a little differently and in, uh, and raise some different issues with you. So if I remember, I wrote a note to myself. That's, that's part of what we can do. Not all day, part of it. By the way, life, liberty, and live in on Sunday is going to be Unbelievable. I have a one-hour, one-on-one sit-down with former independent counsel Ken Starr. And we're going to get into all kinds of issues. Why was he treated the way he was and Mueller's treated the way he is? This issue of a report, because under the independent counsel statute since lapsed, he was required to write a report to send it to the House for possible impeachment consideration. That's not the role of Mueller under current regulations. 
and many, many other things. And I think you're really going to find it bracing, compelling. So I would strongly encourage you, however you schedule things, that you mark it down this coming Sunday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, Life, Liberty, and Levin on the Fox News Channel. One-on-one with Kenneth Starr for a full hour. Now, while I'm on this subject, I want to reiterate something and, and do so, I hope, better than I did last time, as I think about it. One of the things the media, and I don't want to just talk about the media, but it's important. One of the things the media will not do is discuss the right subject. They'll tell you that Nadler, that little jerk, that he wants to hold hearings on X. They'll tell you that Adam Schiff, or they'll have Adam Schiff on, he'll tell you himself that he wants to hold hearings on Y, and Pelosi says this, we're going to go after the president's taxes. We're going to look at the Deutsche Bank, whatever. We're going to look at his past business dealings with Russia. No matter what Mueller says, it won't matter. They'll use it to push impeachment, and they'll go further. They want to get into these other issues. The emoluments clause. They can't even spell it. Here's what I want to make abundantly clear to you. And I want to strongly encourage the president to take this position. Under Article 1, Section 8, Congress does not have the power to conduct criminal investigations. It's the legislative branch. Congress does not have the power to conduct any investigation at once of a president and his family. Congress is a legislative body. They legislate. Of course they should hold legitimate oversight hearings in order to inform their legislating. But that's not what's taking place. If you listen to these individuals who go on CNN and MSNBC relentlessly and who speak to other left-wing media outlets relentlessly... They're not talking about trying to figure out a legislative fix to that or the other. They don't even say anything like that. We want Trump's taxes from the past 10 years. We want to investigate to see if he's committed any offenses. We want to investigate to see if he's cut any deals. We want to investigate to see if he is an agent of the Russians. We want to invest. Now, of course, this is all insanity. It's Soviet-style prosecutorial tactics. That's not the job of the legislative branch. So when it comes to the president, and we, we've talked about this before, even before the Wall Street Journal op-ed piece, when it comes to the president's past business activities, when it comes to the president's tax returns, those of his family members, Congress has no right to them whatsoever. There's no legitimate legislative purpose. They can try and fabricate, that is, manufacture one, but it's a pretext. The president should fight them, and he should take his time. He should fight them in a district court, then go to an appellate court, and then go to the Supreme Court. It doesn't need to be in any kind of a hurry. And it won't be the president who's hiding things. He has to protect the presidency and the executive branch. He has to defend separation of powers. That's what he would be doing. 
Now, all these fools running around talking about the National Emergencies Act of 1976, how the president's violating separation of powers. They're absolutely wrong about that for the reasons I've explained now for over a month. That said, let's hear if these same people talk about the violation of separation of powers when these Democrat chairmen and chairwomen, these radical leftists, who run these committees in the House of Representatives, are making demands of information and testimony from the president and his staff, of which they have no constitutional right or authority. None. This will not be discussed by any of the phony, so-called legal analysts on CNN and MSNBC. Because they're not legal analysts per se. They're hacks with law degrees. And there's plenty of those roaming around the city of Washington. So to reiterate, anything that involves a personal matter, anything that involves a business matter, certainly from before the time the president was president, Congress has no right to that. We have an internal revenue service. They can look at his taxes, and I'm sure they do. That's not the job of any committee chairman or bunch of Democrats. And these hypocrites, as I've also said many times before, ask them to release 10 years of their taxes. Why don't the Pelosi's do that? And why don't they force their children to do it? That's what they're demanding of, of, of Trump. Nadler, Schiff, every member of Congress should be compelled to do the same thing. Release 10 years of their tax return. We're not interested in their financial statements. 10 years of their tax returns. These people, after all, are voting on laws that affect us, voting on taxes, voting on spending. They've got lobbyists up the wazoo there on Capitol Hill. Okay, well, we want to take a look, not for a legislative purpose, but for a representative government purpose. We, the people, want to know what our representatives are doing. Don't you want to know how Pelosi decides what bills are voted on? Don't you want to know how Schumer decides how to leave his, lead his caucus in the Senate? On what basis? Don't we have a right to know that as well? <clears throat> now, they demanded 10 years of the president's tax returns. He ran for president, and he said no. I'm not going to do it. And he was still elected president. So it's not as if this is some surprise. Well, our tradition is we release the tax returns. Whose tradition? Who cares? We know exactly what they want to do. They want to start more investigations on top of more investigations. And you can see what frauds they are. Here we have a coup attempt at the top levels of the FBI and the Department of Justice. That's what it was. That's what it is. And what's the reaction from the committee chairman in the House of Representatives? What's Nadler's reaction? Does he want an oversight hearing? Does he want to call Andrew McCabe in and question him? Not a word about it. Does he want to call Rod Rosenstein in and question him? Not a word about it. They supported the coup. They think it's a great thing. How about the media? What do they think? They're celebrating Andrew McCabe, one of their favorite leakers. He's on midnight TV with the, the half-wit comics. They're praising the guy because he was one of the leaders in a coup effort. The way they praised Comey and promoted him in his book. And so we will discuss this, Ken Starr and I, as I'm discussing it with you right now. Ken Starr was also... Solicitor General of the United States. That's a big deal. He was a federal appellate judge in Washington, D.C. That's a big deal. He's been a professor, an author, and of course, he was 
independent counsel. There are no more independent counsel. Now we have these special counsel that are uh, appointed under regulatory uh, uh, rules uh, that have been uh, put in place by the Department of Justice. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. No one should feel unsafe at home, right? That's a fact, period. Fear is no place in a place like home. That's, that's been Simply Safe's mission from day one. Now, you may have seen their commercial at the uh, Super Bowl this year. You can find it online. Simply Safe system was designed <laughs> to blanket your whole home with protection, not just your front door. Their around-the-clock professional monitoring makes sure police are on the way when you need them. System is completely wireless, so it can't be tampered with. You can install it yourself in under an hour, and it's actually fun. And Simply Safe security sensors are tiny, blending in with your home. So you won't notice them. And by the way, neither will people trying to enter into your home, and that's a good thing. The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security, and it's Wire Cutter's top pick. Because as more than three million Simply Safe customers already know, it feels good to fear less. Join them today. Join me today, because I'm a Simply Safe customer too. Protect your home with Simply Safe. You'll get free shipping on any system order. Just visit simplysafemark.com to get started. That's simplysafemark.com to get started. Look, folks, don't wait until somebody burgles your home or robs your home or threatens you. This is how you defend yourself, among other reasons. You've got the Second Amendment, but you want to have protection. You want a perimeter. You want interior protection. I mean, commercial institutions do it. Government institutions do it. We have the freedom here at home to do it for our own property, our own home, with our own family. SimplySafeMark.com to protect your home and family today and to get free shipping on your order. That's SimplySafeMark.com. It is the best, simplest way to get this done. It's cutting-edge technology. It's everything you've ever wanted. SimplySafeMark.com. All right. Let's see what we've got here. I'm trying to get my screen back. Let's see if it comes back. Oh, this damn computer. You know, I'm going to throw it in the Potomac. They'll probably find me for polluting, you know. All right, Mr. Producer, do we have a liberal? If not, who is the best caller? All right. WSAU, Nick, Wausau, Wisconsin, a lib. Go right ahead, sir. Hi. I'm here. Um, Go for it. Great. Uh, thank you for having me on. Um, I was uh, calling in to talk about uh, universal health care. Um, yes. What does that mean, by the way? Um, so a single-payer system, so the government... What, what does that mean? So we all pitch in with our taxes, and that goes into the government, and then the government pays for health care, similar to education and um, how they fund... Uh, other things like that. That's like not how the fund. government funds education. We don't have single-payer education in this country. Never heard of such a thing. Well, we have about 15,000 school districts. We have different tax rates for different communities, different teachers' contracts, different school boards, different administrators. So what are you talking about? Yeah, so I would say... Some we also have things. private schools. We have parochial schools. We have charter schools. We have home schools. 
Matter of fact, now that you mention it, we have more choice in education than we do in healthcare, more and more. Yes. Anyway, go ahead and make your case. Um, I guess what I would like <laughs> is a single-payer system. I guess well, how would it work? Um, similar to Canada, I would say. Well, how does that um, work? Or, well, you put into the government. No, no, I understand. They tax, take your money, and spend it. I didn't ask you that. Any three-year-old can figure that out. What do they do with the money? Uh, they fund the hospitals. I'm not sure exactly what you're asking here. I'm asking how this works. Well, well let's start. Not- let's do it this way. Uh, do the doctors work for the government? Yes. So they would be public. What if the and doctors don't want to work for the government? Uh, then they can go to the private sector. Well, why, why would we have a private sector? Why wouldn't we have a private? Didn't you just yet? say single payer for all? Isn't that what you just said? No, the single-payer options. I'm sorry. I oh, now there's a single-payer option for all. Yeah, I, excuse me. I apologize. Okay, that. well, how are you going to attract doctors into government salaries when they can work in the private sector? How would that work? Well, the same way a private market would work for competition. Like private market doesn't work. work when they're competing against a massive government leviathan. That's not a private market. They pick up the crumbs. They pick up the little pieces. Yeah, but everyone cannot work in the private sector. So why not? Have public options. Why, why not? Uh, because there would be a public option, which... No, 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 no. People. Why can't people get health care in the private sector? Why can't people get health care in the private sector? Yeah. Because it's too expensive. Who says? You don't even know. You know, if we had more choices, if people could just pick catastrophic or that we had 25 different health care plans that people could pick... Of course they could afford it. We used to have special plans just for college students that were a couple hundred dollars a semester. They were all destroyed because Obamacare said, no, it's these three or four plans. That's it. You go into states now, they have one or two choices. You have government involved right up to deciding what you can and cannot offer as an insurance company. People's premiums have gone up. Their deductibles have gone up. Many of people can't pick the doctors that they want. And your answer is more government. All right, let me ask you this then. Go ahead. Before we had Obamacare, why were 45,000 people, and that number fluctuates obviously, dying each year because of lack of health care? They weren't. Yes, they were. Oh, <laughs> yeah, who told you that? You can look it up. No, I don't it want to look it up. Where did you get it from? It's a number, Joe. I can pull up the study. Just tell me where you got it from. Uh, okay. So anybody can walk into an emergency room. Did they walk into an emergency room? And then they would go medically bankrupt because they can't pay for Did, it? I asked you. Well, you don't go medically ba- bankrupt if you can't pay for it. Every hospital in the country has a program for poor people. Every drug company in the country has a program for poor people. States also had, had pools of money that they used to fill the gap. What's happening here is people who used to be able to afford their health care, less and less can they afford it because of government interference. The centralist. Let me ask you this. Do you think the government should be involved and be in charge of what kind of a toaster you can buy? Um, it depends on if you're depends. saying regulate it. Yes, because I think we should. Government regulate. should regulate toasters. Yeah, because I don't want what my do you toaster going to burn down my house. Toasters burn down your house. We have this private system, this UL system and so forth with insurance and everything that makes yeah, sure that – hold on. I'm trying to educate you. You don't know everything. You're young, but you think you do. We used to have, and we still have, professional organizations with experts 
who would give a special certification to products, appliances that you use around the home to ensure that they're properly wired, they have the proper batteries and so forth and so on. The government didn't do that. Hello? Yeah. Um, I'm the, not gov- exactly the government didn't do that. And yet, and yet, and yet to... your knee-jerk reaction is the government should regulate toasters. You see why I can't take you seriously? To a certain degree, yes. Tell me, who in the government is going to run the health care system? Like Which department? Agency? You can make a department for that. So you can make it. A, and who is going to populate this agency? Workers. Workers. The same from kind of workers that populate the... Oh, from health insurance. So you'll take them out of the private sector to work for the government. Well, how will that change anything? Because the government will regulate costs as they do in every other modern nation. Every other modern nation? The government will regulate costs? People come here for health care. We're the ones who invent the drugs and the technologies and so forth. I'll be right back. America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. I want you to do yourselves and me a favor, okay? I don't ask for favors, but it's really for you. I'm telling you the truth. I want you to download the Mark Levin Show app. We've made it really easy. I want you to have it so at any time, day or night, you can listen to the program. You can take it with you if we're preempted. Uh, if there's a sports program, if the show airs too late at night, you can pick it up anytime you want. Anytime you want. And you can use all kinds of podcast readers out there, iTunes, Google Music, Apple, so forth and so on. It's not hard to download an app. It's very, very easy. And we make it even easier. Here's what I would like you to do. All of you listening to my voice, all together. I'd love to see if this shuts down my uh, website. All millions of you, right now, go to marklevinshow.com, marklevinshow.com. Now, you can search for the key word, put in there the word podcast. Is it right up there now, Mr. Producer? Is that how they get it? So you'll see in the, uh, in the upper right corner of the page, you enter the word, the keyword podcast. And you go from there. It's very fast. I'd say it's, what, a minute? Maybe two minutes, Rich? It's, very, it's even faster. 20 seconds? I want to see how many of you can do this and how fast we can get this done. So I don't have to keep mentioning it. Go to marklevinshow.com. In the search box, put the keyword podcast. It's up there in the upper right corner of the page. This way you'll always be able to listen to this program on the Mark Levin app. They call it a podcast. And whether you're in your 80s or whether you're in your teens and anywhere in between, this is the future that is the Mark Levin app. And I really want you to try it out. Just have it on your your device, your iPhone, your Android, whatever your device is, wherever you can download an app. Well, I don't know how to do it. This page walks you through it. I mean, it's, it's so simple. Be daring. So all the Levin, Levinites out there, we're going to have a surge right now. I'm going to see if you can shut down our website page. Think they can, Rich? I don't think they can. 
Rich is laughing. He thinks she can. Everybody, all at once. Huh? He's hopeful. Go to MarkLevinShow.com. Everybody, right now. MarkLevinShow.com. Go to that upper right corner of the page. Put in the word podcast. And you're off to the races. Ready? Get set? Go! This I got to see. You know, when it comes to costly car repairs, you need options. Instead, you're often stuck bargain hunting for the best deal because who can afford to fork over $1,000 for a repair? And that's just the least of it. You can't put a price on your family's safety and security on the road, though. That's why I have extended vehicle protection from CarShield on our 2010 Camaro. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work. It's your choice. They also provide 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. Now, if your car is 5,000 to 150,000 miles, it doesn't mean you have to pay high repair bills. Car Shield administrators have paid out close to $2 billion in claims, and they're ready to help you and you and you. Save yourself thousands, thousands in future car repairs. Get covered by the ultimate in extended vehicle protection, like my family did. Call 800-CAR-6100, 800-CAR-6100. Mention code LEVIN. Or online, you can visit carshield.com. That's carshield.com. Use code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. Either way, you'll save 10%. That's carshield.com, code LEVIN. Or call 800-CAR-6100. Mention code LEVIN. And a deductible may apply. Tammy. Springfield, Missouri, the great KSGF. Go. Hello. How are you doing? All right. Thank you. As, as a nurse for 30 some odd years, let's do something novel and allow medical people to have this say so in our medical insurance. You don't, you don't think a 17 uh, year old should, should decide what kind of medical system we have? No, not at all. Like the earlier the caller? Person that you're your person you're calling has no clue as to what they're saying yes or no about. And the reason medical is so high is they don't talk about the lawsuits and the lawyers that are getting their money from it. Very so true. It goes up and up and up. You got the lawyers who do this. You got the freebies, the people who just walk into the emergency room and they know how to play the system. You have people who are here illegally who know how to play the system. You've got the government putting enormous pressure on these hospitals and doctors and nurses. You really have effectively through the back door price controls. And the answer, they say, is more of this. And, more of this. You know, they're letting the health care itself go down the tubes mm-hmm. because nobody's. I mean, my husband is still an acting paramedic um, and we've been in this business, like I said, for 30 years that they don't pay for paramedics and EMTs, which are the people that come out and go into your houses. They don't the, 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 the other thing is, when, you, when you're in a doctor's office, they have this laptop on their lap, don't they? And oh, they're most, constantly typing in codes. Those codes are for the government. Oh, I know. <laughs> the, go, the government has turned doctors into scribes. Yes. They have to sit there and type in codes... So the government has access to your information and their information, particularly if you're on one of these government programs, Medicare, Medicaid, or what have you. And it's the only way they can get paid. 
basically 60, 70 cents on the dollar, and it gets worse and worse and worse. So when you have people say, I believe in single payer, so everybody has health care. One of the things the president has introduced in the VA is competition. So at least some of our heroes can get health care outside the VA system. Go ahead. All right, my friend, I have... I have stopped you with my genius. Let's continue. Thank you for your call, Tammy. Let's continue. Andrew, Walsall, Wisconsin, the great WSAU. Go. Good evening, Mark. Regarding government-provided health care service, anybody who's familiar with the Indian Health Service that's been free for American Indians for over 100 years would run away from government-provided health care. It's like everything else the government does except with more suffering and more waste and less health care. Well, you're right. And in fact, look at what the government controls. Look what the government controls. And I mean controls by, by what they've done in the past and what they want to do in the future. Look at Indian reservations, how poor they are. Uh, and, and, and a significant rate of alcoholism, significant welfare uh, programs and so forth. It's so, so sad. Look at what the government controls. They have 100% control over at the VA. One story after another after another that our wonderful vets don't get the treatment that civilians and everybody else gets in other hospitals. Look at what they do when they control. Limit the number of uh, plans that you can pick from. Based on what? Push your doctor out of your plan. Push you out of the plan that you wanted. Jack up your deductibles. Jack up your principles. They like to always talk about the rich versus the poor. It's Working people who struggle and who are punished because of what the left does. And I would say to that young man who called me earlier, we ran out of time, but I was actually enjoying it. What kind of health care do you think we had 60, 70 years ago? I'm not talking about technology and so forth. You know what it was. It was. Nobody could afford health care. Most people could afford health care. Most people could afford health care. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. But it's just the concept that he likes. The government should be doing it. The government should make sure everybody has health care. The government this, the government that. And yet the government what? This is why I say, let's talk reality. Who is going to run this system? Well, we'll create another department. Who's going to be in the department? Some kind of experts or something? No, of course they aren't going to be experts. But even if they were, they're not going to be experts about you and your doctor and your nurse and your situation. I mean, the reason we have plentiful food in this country when you go to the grocery stores is because the government doesn't run the grocery stores. The reason you have plentiful gasoline at the gas station is because the government doesn't run the gas stations. I don't know how many more human experiments we need to conduct in this world to get through the thick skulls of the left and the people who they, you know, brainwash. This isn't a theory anymore, Marxism, democratic socialism, call it whatever the hell you want. It's not a theory, it's real world. And it's bleak. What about every modern society in the world has this? Every modern society in the world doesn't have this. And those that do aren't so modern now, are they? The people suffer. They don't have access to cutting-edge technology. They don't have access to cutting-edge hospitals. They don't have access to cutting-edge pharmaceuticals. They have no access to any of it. They wait in line with heart disease. They wait in line with diabetes. They wait in line when they need a root canal. People suffer 
All you have to do is go on the Internet, read what goes on in Britain, an advanced modern society with that crappy health care system. But the people there love it because they don't know any better. It's been going on for more than half a century. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. say about this Jussie Smollett that hasn't already been said by me yesterday? It can be addressed in 60 seconds. I, I don't understand why people keep preening over this. The guy was a liar. He's black. He's gay. He tried to use that uh, against Trump and Trump supporters. Uh, the left-wing media went wild. They insisted everything he said was true. They treated it as news. Then they condemned Trump, they condemned his supporters, and they condemned the country. Now he's charged because he's a liar. We've had a lot of hoaxes like this. And why do we have a lot of hoaxes like this? Because there's a lot of people who hate this country. Now, what else can I say? People drone on and on and on about this. Am I wrong, Mr. Producer? Should I have spent two hours on this again? I mean, it's ridiculous. It's exhausting. It's bad enough your IRS problems ruined 2018. Are you really going to drag that nightmare into the new year? Consider what's at stake when the IRS has you in their sights. Your paycheck, your bank account, your business, even your home. Especially your liberty. Now, you're smart. You know better than to deal with the IRS alone. You need expert help. But who? They're all the same, right? No, wrong. Optima Tax Relief is America's number one tax resolution firm. And they've been a sponsor on this program for so many years, I can't even begin to count. It's because they're the best. Optima knows that behind every tax problem are honest, hardworking Americans with families, paychecks, and bank accounts to protect. Now, if you're listening to me right now and you're saying, geez, I need help, don't sit around. Act. I'm telling you what you can do. When you engage Optima to fight for you and protect what's yours, you're getting a proven award-winning team of experts and professionals. A team who can help stop the aggressive collection actions and help you put your IRS problem behind you. That's how Optima has saved nearly a billion dollars for their clients. So call for your free consultation. Yes, your free consultation while you still have options. That is, before it's too late. Here's what I want you to do. Call 800-499-6300. 800-499-6300. That's 800-499-6300. And you'll get enormous relief. Go ahead and check it out. George, West Milford, New Jersey, the great WABC, a physician. Go. Mr. Levine, it is a pleasure and an honor to speak with you. And what Thank a great you. topic. It was refreshing to hear that people out there are getting the message of what you're being drilled and, and, and really rammed down our throats. As a family physician, I'm independent. I still believe in America. I still believe in the rugged individual. I still believe in competition. Now, if you're one of the greens, greens are one of the grays. 
the Greens, you're fresh out of school, or you're great, you're getting ready to retire, and now you have our Governor Murphy here in New Jersey giving us a $15 minimum wage. What's happening? You can't stand alone. The hospitals are slowly buying up these hospitals. They're buying up these independent practices. They're, the insurance companies, they're, they're, they're getting their doctors in with sweeter deals, saying we can bill at higher rates. We can then um, increase your profits. And they lock you into a contract, Mr. Levine. They lock you into a three-year renewable contract. Once that contract is over, you realize, hey, I'm not getting what the hospital promised me I was going to get. And then you find you're in a restrictive covenant. In the land of the free and the brave America, you're in a restrictive covenant. And you're going to have 10, 15 miles as the crow flies to try to find a job as a physician. In the meantime, these hospitals quietly merge. You have these huge Hackensack Meridian mergers, big, big, big mergers. Now, how long do you think it takes for a couple of these large hospital systems to come together and suddenly you basically have a unified healthcare delivery system for the entire state? And when the insurance company comes to talk to, to, talk to one little family doctor, they're going to suddenly say, you know what? When you take a hospital doctor who uses a hospitalist, who uses within a network or what they call it a, 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 an affordable care organization, you're not cost efficient. We're not going to. I, I have to tell you, a lot of this is more complicated than a lot of us can embrace in one quick two-minute phone call. But I have to ask you, what you're saying is the independent doctors are being wiped out, the independent hospitals are being wiped out. Uh, you have insurance companies and the conglomeration of health care. And I suspect that's the defense that's being developed in response to ever-increasing centralized government control of our health care system. And so it's a problem all the way down the line. Do I have that about right? You, sum, you summed up what I... That's why you're the great one. Yeah. You summed up what I said in just a few seconds. What Bob Grant used to say, he said, the Scrazia. That's what yes. Bob Grant used to say. It's my man. Right. And he was right. All right, doctor. Well, good luck to you. You're going to need it. I don't mean to uh, be rude, but everyone in the medical profession is going to need it. Everybody who works for pharmaceutical companies, you're going to need it. And most of all, we patients are going to need it. Because if the healthcare industry is sick as a result of regulation, centralization, politics, that's the bottom line, then you're going to be sick too. I mean, it's just, it's just that simple. And I don't know why... We allow people to destroy the best health care system this world has ever seen. Uh, people point to other countries. Why would you point to other countries? Tell me, which other country's health care system is better than ours? That provides more technology, more options, more uh, options when it comes to various pharmaceuticals and other uh, medicines and so forth. Which kind? No country. I'm so sick of hearing this from the left, constantly tearing down our country. You know, they build this massive government structure, and then they tell us it doesn't work. Well, we got this, we got this. You don't want to get rid of that. You don't want to get rid of that. And then they say, but this doesn't work, and this doesn't work, and this doesn't work. I just wish we had Republicans in the Senate and the House who were smart enough to take these people on. We don't. Do you have to have a low IQ to be elected as a Republican to Congress? I mean it. Do you have to? Apparently so, because they don't know how to respond to this stuff. It's like picking low fruit off a tree. It's easy to respond. They ought to have their answers. They ought to be all over the media. They all ought to be saying basically the same thing. You know, 
uh, when we and others play these montages where everybody's saying the same thing, you can find them on the Internet and so forth, it's always on the left. On the right, it's, uh, you know, they, they have a thumb up their nose. They don't know how to respond. So they cave. All right, folks. That's tonight's program. I hope you liked it. We'll be back tomorrow night. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, all law enforcement. Thank you. And good night to you.